title of it is How to Live Through a Bad Day. And um, I don't know about you, but we're either, uh, either going into a challenging day or coming out of a challenging day. And so, you know, even though sometimes we get this idea that if we get Jesus in our life, everything's going to be a rose garden. But there are thorns on those roses. Has anybody ever discovered that? And so you might get a rose, but there are some thorns and you might get your finger pricked too. And uh, but praise God that uh, we have Jesus and he can, you know, you know, Christians can go through the same problems as the world goes through. You know, we can, we can encounter the same type of issues and problems. Um, but if we, you know, and hopefully through this teaching, you, you'll learn how to navigate through some of the issues that we, we deal with in life. Amen. And, but don't get this idea just because you have Jesus in your life, you're never going to have a problem. Amen. Don't get this idea because Jesus, that's it. He's all fix all and I'm never going to. We, we get this idea that once we get saved, God delivers us out of our problems. No, he, he can deliver us from the problems and he can deliver us through the problems. Amen. But he's with us in the issues and the problems of our days. Amen. And that's one thing we can be excited about. And we are we, we've been looking at a theme verse uh, this month. It's in Hebrews 12, 2. And if you want, you can turn there. But uh, I'm going to go with the message version because the message version is a, it, it's a paraphrase, but it, it's good. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. Amen. So it says here that, you know, Jesus, even though Jesus went through, you know, his Good Friday, we, we did uh, experience Easter a couple weeks back. And, and Good Friday was, was the day that Jesus was crucified and uh, he paid for the sins of mankind. And uh, but it was Good Friday. It wasn't good for him to per se, but it, it was good for us. And thank God that I don't have to pay for my sins. Thank God Jesus paid for my sins 2000 years ago. And all I have to do is receive Jesus. Amen. And receive, you know, the gift of life. Amen. And um, so he paid for it so that we could have what? Abundant life. Amen. Uh, you know, uh, I woke up this morning and the Lord gave me a scripture this morning. I wasn't going to put this in, but uh, it just came ringing to me. And, it, you know, it, it's important. I'm going to say this. It's important as Christians, and some of you are new Christians, to, to, to read your Bible, to study your Bibles, and to get the scriptures in your hearts. Amen? And so when you get the scriptures in your heart, you could even read a scripture maybe six months ago. But, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to be able to pull something out of, you know, in your heart to give to you. Amen. Amen. And so when you when you meditate on scriptures, you may not realize that the, that the scriptures you meditate on today might be the, the scripture you might need tomorrow. Amen. And so we are, you know, as Christians, we need to build a firm foundation uh, of the word of God in our lives and. And so I haven't heard, you know, I haven't read this scripture in a while, but it just came floating to me. And I see it as a parallel scripture to what Jesus went through because Jesus was focused on, you know, the outcome. You know, he, he despised the cross and the shame of it. He didn't want to go through the suffering. And how many people like to suffer in here? 
Okay, I have no takers. And uh, so he didn't want to go through the suffering as well, but he went through it for us. And so in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, 18, this was a scripture that came to me this morning. It says here, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Glory. Why we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And you may say, well, what does that mean, Pastor? That means that we can't be so focused on, you know, the circumstances of life. We can't be so more focused on that than focused on heavenly things. And we need to start getting a heavenly mindset and be more focused on heavenly things, be more focused on godly things than on worldly things. And if you want to stay at perfect peace, how many people want to stay in perfect peace? Amen? Amen. If you want to stay in perfect peace, you got to keep your mind stayed on Christ. you got to keep your mind stayed on the fact that this world is not your home. Amen. And that, that, that our home is in heaven. And as Christians, we're not going to always feel right down here. Now, now what, what is the problem with, a lot of times is that we feel too good here. <laughs> and we don't think about heaven. Amen. And we need to realize this, that heaven is our real home. And thank God there's nice things. And God gives us all things to enjoy. And I'm not saying don't enjoy this world. But I'm saying don't get too attached to this world. Because things are always shifting and changing and subject to change. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Even your neighbor that you're sitting by is subject to change. Glory to God. So we need to look at that. And so we're looking at, we, were, we have been studying the seven statements of Jesus on the cross. And we've been finding out that these seven statements are life lessons that we can uh, partake of and learn from to, to, to help us to navigate our bad day that we might have. And, and so, uh, so, so we're looking at these statements and we're looking at the, the last statement today. And it says here in Luke 23, 44 and 46, it says, it says here, let's look at Jesus' final statement here. It says, now what about the... It says, now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus has cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So this was actually Jesus' last statement on the cross. And so we see here that he... You know, Jesus actually said, no man takes my life. Amen. So, you know, you could say, well, who killed Jesus? The, the, the Romans, the Jews? Well, n- nobody really killed him. He, he laid down his life willingly. Amen. So he, he gave up his life. And, you know, he could have called a legion of angels. Amen. He could have, he you know, called 10,000. He didn't have to. He could have stopped that process anytime. But he went to the cross. He paid the debt. So that we wouldn't have to receive the wrath of God. Amen. And so here it's said here. It's interesting what, what Luke says here. It said darkness covered the earth while Jesus was on, on the cross. Now, right before that, Jesus said 
it is finished. And we talked about that last week. And I'm going to say this to you that there is a time frame of our suffering. And, you know, and that time frame for some of us is at the end. In other words, we're about ready to break through into our blessing place. You might be in a place right now where you're suffering and you're going through a trial in your life. Can I get a witness in here today? But I'm going to say, I'm prophesying to you today, you're at the end of your suffering time. You're about ready to step into the promises of God, if you believe that. And Jesus was at the end. The cup of his suffering was fulfilled. He paid the price for mankind to, for mankind to have eternal life. He paid the wrath. The wrath of God was placed on Jesus. And that cup of suffering was just about in it. He said, it is finished. And then uh, we know this, that it wasn't completely finished because he still had one more statement to say. And, he, and so, but he was saying was that the, the process of his suffering was finished. Can I get an amen? amen. And so here, uh, it's said here that's interesting that, the, that when, it, when it was finished, in other words, the old system of the covenant that God has set up with how to relate to him has changed. You know, the, the Israelites, the Jews had a system set up through a sacrifice system on how to have God forgive their sins and for them to have a relationship with God. They had to go through a sacrifice system in the Old Testament. And what Jesus, what Jesus was basically the last sacrifice. He was the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. And he, and he was saying that this legalistic law system that was set up is finished and now we're in grace. In other words, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Amen. We're not, as a Christian, you're not under God's justice or his judgment. You're under his grace. You're under his mercy. That's why we want to get in Jesus so that we can bypass his wrath. Can I get an amen there? I'm bypassing the wrath of God and receiving the glory that Jesus paid for, for us to have. Amen. And so here he's, he makes that final statement and it says, actually, when Jesus said it is finished, he, the, the, there was a, a veil that was set up. It was, a, it was a curtain that was really high up and very thick. And that curtain was, 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 um, uh, was blocking. It was, it was a room called the Holy of Holies. And it kept... You know, the, you know, the people out and only the priests could go into the Holy of Holies once a year to present sacrifices for the people, for God to forgive the people once a year. And so, and so that curtain that was set up really to keep God's glory in, when Jesus said it was finished, that curtain was rent from top to bottom. I believe two angels came and ripped it and said, the old system is now taken care of. It's, it's now complete. And there's a whole new system that we're under. In other words, the glory of God is not going to be just resident in a building or a place, but the glory of God can be resident in believers. Because when you accept Jesus, you accept the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes in and lives in each one of us. And you are now the building of Christ. Can I get an amen there? 
So, you, yes, it's great to come to church to get more of God, but you got God on the inside of you. Amen. Praise God. In other words, you bring a little bit of God with you as a believer when you come to church. And that's why when we come to church together and we worship, that's why we sense the presence and the power of God in this place. Amen. Amen. So to, 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 that statement that he made was a statement of total surrender. And I'm going to say this to you that, that we, probably the hardest thing as Christians for us to do, even as people, is to surrender. You know, you, you always say you always want to fight and we, we do fight the good fight of faith. The Bible talks about fighting the good fight of faith. But God wants us surrendering to him. Amen. He wants us surrendering to his will. And what Jesus did that day was that he surrendered to God Almighty. And so really the life key in this is finally you need to surrender your day to God and let it go. We need to learn to surrender. We need to learn to... Sometimes it's hard when somebody does us wrong to let it go. Amen. Can I get an amen here? Amen. Sometimes it's hard when things aren't going right in your relationships to let it go. Amen. It's hard to let go what maybe your spouse said to you uh, uh, three days ago that offended you. It, do you, be, you mean we still get offended in marriage? You better believe it. Amen. It's sometimes it's very difficult to let things go. I, I have a tendency of holding on to things. And you don't want, sometimes you just need to just let the things go. Amen. In other words, you just got to let it go and let God, you know, handle your problems. And most of us are trying to handle our problems by ourselves. We're, try, we're trying to carry the load, but God never meant for you to carry the load of your problems. In other words, we were meant to give our problems to God. And, you, and you're not made to carry problems. You're not designed to carry worries and cares. You're not designed for that. You know, in Psalms 31, 4 and 5, this is a scripture where Jesus, Jesus actually said, you know, into your, hand, into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. But he actually quoted a scripture in Psalms 31, 4 through 5. And so it says here, Pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me, for you are my strength. This is the psalmist speaking. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. And so here, I want to focus here. It says, pull me out of the net. There's another translation that says, pull me out of the trap. And I'm going to say this is when we're encountering issues and problems, one of the biggest traps that the enemy wants to ensnare us into is the trap of holding on to worries and cares and not giving it to God. Amen. And that's a trap. It's a trap. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, uh, if we're concerned, you know, if we're worried about something, we say, well, I'm just concerned about it. That means I care. You know, a lot of things. So, you know, it, sometimes we get this idea, well, I have to worry because if I don't worry, I don't care. You know, that's kind of a humanistic way of putting worry. But really, worry is supposed to be placed in the hands of God. Amen. In other words, if you're worrying, that means that you're handling the problem. That means that you're saying that I got it. I'm able to handle the issues of life. But God never wants us. He never intended us to handle the issues of life. 
He intended us to give the issues of life to God so He can handle them for us. Amen. Amen? And so today I want to talk to you about, about worry. And I think a lot of us worry. How many people worry in here? Don't raise your hand. Some of you might be worrying that this sermon might take too long. Amen. How long are you going to have to endure here? Amen. Don't worry. Be happy. Glory to God. And so I started studying things about what people worry about. And some people worry about their kids. Some people worry about their health. Some people worry about the future. Some people worry about their relationships. And they worry about the people of the relationships that they're in. You know, they worry about that. You know, a lot of us, we want to control people. <laughs> you can't control people. Amen. Amen. You can't change people. Amen. You can't change your spouse, your kids. Only God can do that. And for us to be worrying, they're never going to change. Well, they'll never change if you keep talking like that. They're always going to act this way. Well, they probably will. If you keep talking like that, amen? No, put them in God's hands. We, we this one, we worry about what people think about us. Do we worry about that? I wonder if I'm dressed right. I wonder if, I, I wonder if people are going to judge me. You know, in Sea Life Church, this is a no-judgment-free zone. Amen. We're not going to judge you, amen? amen? Praise God. We're going to help you, praise God. Because we're all going through this faith life, and we're all at different levels, and we're all growing glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen? And this is not a country club for the perfect. No, it's a hospital for the sick. Yes. And some of us are a little sicker than others. <laughs> But we'll keep praying for them. Amen? <laughs> you ever worry about wasting your time? Some people are worried about that right now. <laughs> Some of the visitors. No, I'm kidding. But of wasting your time. <laughs> Some of you are not going to smile, crack a smile, whatever I say. Amen? <laughs> I, you know, I was heading out to, uh, we were heading out to D.C., uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, this past week and uh, to visit uh, Yin's uh, family and her mom came down from Florida to uh, visit uh, family up in D.C. So we thought it would be a great opportunity to come visit uh, her mom. And, you know, we're, you know, I'm excited. We're sort of on a little mini vacation for two days. And, and so I get in the car and I don't know why I get always upset with traffic. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, I don't know that there's going to be traffic at, at, you know, we left a little late at three o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, wow, traffic. Can you believe it? Now, how many people get upset with traffic in here? You, I mean, I mean, I'm just like, you're just huffing and puffing over traffic. And uh, people cutting in and, you know, it's just traffic. I think that's probably one of my, one of my pet peeves. And, and I'm in there and I'm just like, what, what is the problem? Why are people slowing down? Is anybody like that out here? And I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to analyze. You, any analyzers in here? I'm trying to analyze why things are going wrong? And I'm analyzing. I said, what is the problem? You know, I, I found out because I started studying about people's phobias this week and worry. And I found out some people are afraid of tight places, of small enclosed places. And I thought the tunnel. So, you know, so when everybody comes to the tunnel, they slow down. 
Why is that? They're freaked out, man. They're freaked out, man. Yeah, this whole society, the world we're living, we, the world runs in fear. They don't operate in faith. The world doesn't, they operate in fear. I mean, every commercial, you're gonna, you might get this and you might get that. I mean, it's all fear-based. Have you ever, have you ever heard of these commercials on, you know, this medicine that you can take and, and you're hitting 50, so this is probably going to be your main problem and it's always throws out these fear things. And, oh my God, I got to get to the doctor. And then they say, well, listen, if you're dealing with depression, you know, because everybody is, you know, you can take this medicine and this medicine will, will help you, but it also can cause you to be suicidal. <laughs> Have you ever, ever seen those commercials? <laughs> you take this medicine, but you can also kill yourself. Oh, you know, <laughs> nothing's perfect, right? But it can help, you know. <laughs> right? I mean, I've listened to some of these commercials and some of the side effects. I'm thinking, no way, thank you, no thank you. But, you know, you can take the Word of God, and the Word of God has no side effects. The Word of God only has benefits and blessings. And the Word of God will take away the worries and the fear that society tried to put on us. You know, as I was reading, you know, some people are afraid of global warming. Read your Bible. You wouldn't be afraid of it. Amen? Because God said, when, when I'm done with the earth, then I'm done with it. Man can't, won't be able to destroy the earth it's until God's done with it. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some people are afraid of overcrowding, that the earth would be overcrowded and too much people. It will never happen. Amen. Amen. God has made too much resources in this world. It will never happen. Amen. And, some, and, and what was really interesting was some people are afraid. This is a big one. One of the biggest fears of America. Are you ready for this one? Public speaking. <laughs> people are afraid to talk in front of me. That's why I, I guess that's why I'm having a hard time raising up pastors. I don't know. And, uh, and uh, people are afraid to, to talk in front of a, a group of people. That is a fear. And, you know, actually, people would be more, they would rather die, and that's a fear that people have, than speak in a group of people. In other words, at a funeral, they'd rather be in a casket than given the eulogy. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And that ought not be. Because when we know God, then we should not fear man. Amen. When we have a, a relationship with God Almighty, and we're spending time with God, it should take the fear of man out of us. Amen. Amen. Because we're not here to please people. We're here to please God. Amen. And if your heart is to please God, it, you know, it doesn't matter what people think about you. Amen. Amen. What really matters is, is what God thinks about you. Because you're not going to be standing on judgment day in front of people in a crowd. You're going to be standing in front of God. And when you stand in front of God, you're going to have to give an account how you lived your life. Amen. And hopefully you're not living your life for other people, Amen. to please other people. Yes. Hopefully you're living your life for God. Yes. Because in that day, that's what's going to count. Amen? Amen? And so we're, we're going to look at worry here. And Jesus had some things to say about worry. And in Matthew 6, 24, and uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, some really good chapters um, about Jesus, and he talks about the Sermon on the Mount, and then he, then he, he, he talks about worry. And we're going to look at this scripture, and we're going to go into the worry chapter, I, I call it. 
And let's, let's start with Matthew 6, 24 and work our way down. And it says here that uh, some people may uh, debate if this is part of the worry chapter, but I, I would say it has everything to do with it. And in verse 24, it says, No one, this is Jesus speaking, can serve two masters, for he either will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. So here, you know, right before that, Jesus was talking about laying up your treasures in heaven. And here he, he starts talking about you can't serve God and money. In other words, you can't serve God and wealth. You know, in other words, wealth is competing uh, with God. Riches are competing with God. Now, it shouldn't because within God, you can be wealthy. The Bible says God will add wealth to us and add no sorrow with it. But he adds wealth to us not because we're in love with the wealth. It's because we're in love with God. And because we're in love with God, God loves us and he blesses us. Amen. Amen. And so here, I believe that a lot of fears are connected with our finances. Amen. Amen. It, it not having enough. And this is what Jesus says here. And he says here in Matthew 6, uh, 25, working down, says, Therefore I say to you, see, notice it says, therefore. That's connecting to what he just said about money, about either serving God or money. And he says here, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they are neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Amen. Thus the song, his eye is on the sparrow. And, he, and I know that he cares for me. Amen. So, so are you not more valuable than they? Uh, which of you, by worrying, can... Add one cubic to his statue. In other words, by worrying, it's not going to make you taller. Amen. Amen. If it did, I would be 10 foot tall. Amen. Amen. So, so it's not going to add anything to your statue. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven will he not much more clothe you you of little faith therefore do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for after these things the gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need of these things but seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its, its own trouble. Now, we see here that we need to learn to put things in God's hands. And, and worry, really, if we're worrying, really, that is a form of pride. Boy, that's, it's quiet in this church today. And a lot of people say, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, it, it's saying that, that, that you have to be in control. You have to be handling the problem. You have to do it, right? It's a form of you taking charge over that thing and instead of giving it to God. And 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says it this way. Therefore, humble yourself 
under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteousness, righteous pride, so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service. Tune in next week for the completion of this broadcast. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at Regal Stadium 12 Movie Theater located at 104 Constitution Drive, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 10 o'clock a.m. Nursery and Children's Church provided. This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit us at www.exceedlifechurch.org.